Hello, folks. Welcome back to Rigged, the Random Idea Generator cast. Uh, I am Nick McGill. I'm Matt McGill. And I'm Brandon McGill. We, as the Brothers McGill, are here to represent the storytelling extravaganza that is rigged. A bunch of dice rolls, a bunch of spreadsheets, and we're going to tell you a story based on our results. What is the podcast we have in store for today, Matt? Uh, Today we are going to um, basically start telling the story. So we're going to take everything that we did over the last two weeks, both the character creation and the world building, and we are going to start crafting a story while also incorporating dice rolls to keep things very um, very fluid and keep us on our toes. Absolutely. Yep. We, uh, we each will be uh, contributing a third of the story today. Um, when we hit our we hit our seven minute mark, we will be at a point where the next person makes a roll to make a decision in that part of the story and then that person picks up where uh, with the consequences of that roll. Um, Brando, you want to start a recap of, uh, of what we have so far? Maybe give us our characters. Just, just quick rundown. Doesn't have to be super crazy. Character one that we rolled is, um, let's see, an adolescent female goblin named Kayla Stout. Uh, she is, comes from nobility and has an alignment of chaotic good. Uh, we have a drama teacher slash school nurse named Jasmine Pearson, who is an adult uh, female lizard folk. Um, let me see. And the third character we rolled was a young adult, Jonathan Stanley, uh, who we determined was a foreign exchange student. And uh, just to throw in there, um, Jasmine, our lizard folk uh, drama teacher, is uh, she is a Circle of Dreams druid. Um, Kayla... Our first goblin is an abjuration wizard, and uh, Jonathan Stanley, our second goblin, is a devotion paladin, a pal- an oath of devotion paladin. Um, world building. Matt, why don't you give us a recap on that one? Um, this all takes place on the plains. The relationship there is they are all mercenaries. And we've taken... Um, we've taken some liberty this time in, in terms of interpreting all of these... Uh, details. As uh, Brandon said, we've got a foreign exchange student and a drama teacher. We are, uh, you already know this because you've listened to the last two, and if you haven't, we'll we'll do a quick recap, but you can listen to just this one and the next one and get just the story. That's totally fine. Um, but you should just also listen to the other ones. Um, but uh, we're setting this in a high school, a high school setting. Um, the uh, the monstrous race um high school that we have is the zoinks briarsocks school of moderate thinkage and uh it is our little party's goal to go in and steal the spell components the spell components of um of school spirit if you will um the the spell components from a great come from a great and mysterious prophecy where they have to obtain the head of an enemy, the garb of their captain, and their fool's trophy. And we have uh, used that to interpret the fact that they have to get the, the head of the mascot of the opposite team, the captain's jersey, and the drama teacher's golden skull award. Um, 
which we <laughs> which we think is just Jasmine Pearson's personal goal. And the 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 Humi, the 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 rich good side of the tracks school is the Eloise Exeter Academy of Advanced Learning. Oh, and Matt, why don't you tell us about what the actual uh, homecoming event is, and we then we can uh, add in any other notes that we have before we jump right in. We have a shark relay. That is the homecoming uh, event, the spectacle that uh, this whole narrative revolves around. And uh, basically the shark relay amounts to a... Uh, pretty sizable, pretty vicious shark in a, uh, in a swimming pool that just kind of swims around and around. And the team is comprised of four players. One individual has to basically ride the shark, for lack of a better term, um, around uh, the pool in just one revolution. They tag their the next person in the relay in, who then has to catch the shark and stay... Uh, stay on the shark or stay uh, 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 touching the shark for a full revolution before they can get off and pass it along. The The fun and, I guess, kind of interesting thing about uh, Shark Relay is, as we talked about with world building, this is a, uh, a, a setting that takes place on the plains. Now, when you think of the plains, you think of, you know... Uh, Nebraska or Kansas here in the United States, something like that, which it's not an environment that is necessarily conducive to um, saltwater sports of any kind, especially one that involves the wrangling of a large um, aquatic animal such as a shark. So that just goes to show the, um, the random nature of a lot of what we're doing here. I mean, if you go back to listen to uh, last week's uh, world building podcast, we we really uh, <laughs> just kind of rolled a bunch of dice, and this is what came out. There were plenty of other options, plenty of things that that could have happened, but uh, just by luck or unluck, I guess you could say, of the dice, this is how we wound up uh, where we are today. Yeah, they um. But uh, the the Eloise Exeter Academy is rich enough to be able to afford a great big saltwater swimming pool, is my thought. So they're also always the home team. Yeah, right. You have to go there if you want to play that sport. Absolutely, absolutely. They they all the surrounding schools go there. Um, and I just want to I just want to really quick piggyback on on Matt saying go back and listen to last week's episode for those for the shark relay. Yeah, that is that is three separate roles, completely random, out of nowhere roles that we decided to make. This the this competition could have been completely different with a couple of different roles. Um, so it was a lot of fun to not only discover the choices that we were going to put to the to the die roll, but also then getting those results. Um, that was a lot of fun. Those on the fly decisions are a lot of fun. Uh, anything else before we jump in? Yeah, uh, we've we've done a, lot, a couple of these now, and each time I've really I've liked the story, I've liked the characters. Um, it's been a lot of fun. This is really the first time that I have uh, 
I've wanted to just do more in this this sandbox in this story. Um, I really enjoy uh, this this setting. I think more than any at this point. I don't know if it's because it's more off the beaten path or because um, just the the way we've really fleshed out the characters. But it is something that I really enjoy and want to definitely um, see more of and see see other stories in this same universe, whether the new characters cross paths with with the ones we have established here in uh, Kayla and and uh, Jasmine and Jonathan or or whoever. Um, it's just it's a sandbox that I'd like to play more into, um, and I also would just like to f- finish up by bringing up the the trinkets. I know I'd, that we didn't talk a whole lot about them uh, in last week's cast. Uh, the three trinkets Kayla has a uh, the wooden box with a ceramic bottom that has the two headed worm. Um, the what I was thinking for that is that because Kayla's a wizard, that is. Uh, that maybe the two-headed worm is kind of her familiar. Uh, something to think about, maybe just kind of a starter familiar or something along those lines. Uh, Jasmine has a brass orb etched with some runes. And what I was thinking is that her um, her rival in the, uh, the Eloise Exeter Academy has the um, that Golden Skull Award, and that's kind of the big trophy. Obviously, that's the the big deal. Whereas this brass orb, I'm envisioning it more as like just a participation trophy, something that she kind of carries around with her, um, just kind of to use it as motivation. It kind of needles at her um, and tells her that she needs to to do better. She needs to be better. Something along those lines. And finally, uh, Jonathan has the rank, rank insignia from a lost legionnaire. And with that one, I'm thinking that maybe the uh, the lost legionnaires are just a different school. Um, the the team, whether it's a shark relay team or whatever, of a different uh, different school in the area, and maybe. The rank insignia is, you know, the letterman's jacket or a patch from the letterman's jacket or something that is his father's or his grandfather's, something along those lines. A bit of the background that we kind of came up with that we sort of glossed over was um, the opposing school, the Eloise Exeter Academy, is made up primarily of humans and elves and, you know, the sort of higher order as you mentioned prior, this is the Zoinks Briar Sox is more of the monster race. And just again, a little more backstory on the Kayla Stout character. She sort of ties those two worlds together because we've decided that we've decided that the nobility is that her parents are um, like shop owners of some sort and they have a relationship with the human race. Um, and she's been sort of exiled and picked on for that as as somewhat of a traitor so that's just kind of just a little extra of the backstory that we determined yeah but the the previous games 
I haven't been super pumped about the story until after we create the story. I'm pumped about this story now. We fleshed out so much last week, and the week before that, just with the character roles, that it's I, I'm, I'm invested in these guys already. And with that, I think we should roll some Anish. Just a regular d20 for everybody. I have an 11. Natural 1. How perfect. There it is. There it is. Natural 20. Um, All right. So we we will go in the order of Matt, Brandon, me. Okay. So we're going to be doing seven minutes of pop. And uh, Matt is going to be starting, and he will be bringing bringing us into our navigation role at um, at seven minutes. So, at your leisure, Matt, begin. So we we start. We just kind of come sweeping in uh, over the plains, and it just we come flying and almost like we're on like we are a bird around the back of a bird something along those lines and uh, we just come flying in and we see this beautiful school it's you know marble or some other kind of really nice stone um, and it's you know multiple columns things like that grass is very kept uh, it's it's uh, very well well done I guess everything at that school so we come flying in, and then we just go flying right past it, because um, we are headed way past that school over to the Zoinks Briarsock School of Moderate Thinkage, which it is uh, quite a bit more dilapidated than the the school that we that we currently saw. Um, this is. Think of like a, a single wide trailer. Just a pile of rocks that you can kind of climb into. <laughs> yeah, it's like a pile of rocks, something like that. And um, it is all kinds of rundown. Um, it definitely reflects the the students that are within it for sure. Um, so we kind of move in through a, an opening that's kind of a hole uh, that you could could be used as a window. We look in through that and we see seated on a stone bench on the uh, just in a hallway outside of an office that says on the door just kind of scrawled in just scratched I guess into the stone itself and misspelled at that it says principal. On this bench there are two goblins. Uh, we see our first we get our first look at Kayla and Jonathan. Uh, they're both just kind of sitting there, twiddling their thumbs. Um, they realize that this is kind of the big step in uh, moving forward in their their grand plan here. Um, they had just volunteered to uh, basically for this spirit mission, as it was called, when they went to the pep rally. Um, Kayla volunteered. Jonathan was kind of drafted in. He also semi-volunteered as well. So they're going and meeting with the principal to kind of get their their um, final mission credentials, I guess you could say, before they headed forward. They um, 
just kind of sit there. There's there's not a whole lot going on around them. Everybody is kind of cleared out for the for the morning, gone off to class, and then all of a sudden the door to the principal's office opens, and this uh, this trolly ogre looking woman just large nose warts the whole nine yards everything you can think of that would make this this uh monstrous beast unattractive that is that is exactly what she is she sticks her head out of the door says all right come on in we'll see you now they uh, dutifully walk into the office and sit down across the uh across from the principal at her desk she just she sits down the chair creaks underneath her her large girth and um and then she just looks straight at the two of them and begins um she says now i appreciate you volunteering to do this we know that it's a big deal for for the school and we want to uh to make sure that any kind of school spirit that we have is uh is as high as can be when we go against the uh, the Exeter Academy there. So, um, you know that you need to get the head of their mascot. This is not going to be easy, but you have to go and uh, and attain that item and bring it back here along with the captain's jersey. Now, this is Shark Relay, so the jersey itself is going to be his speedo, but it's something that you're going to have to you're going to have to get in order to help facilitate this because we can't let the uh, the other school know that we are coming there and, and trying to do things under false pretenses. We actually have a faculty advisor who has volunteered to help and uh, uh, guide you along, I guess you could say. And with that, she kind of motions to the door and uh, you see a shadow across the the glass and on the other side the door opens and in walks uh jasmine pearson who is a lizard folk she is a druid and she just kind of she's a little disheveled but she is all smiles at this point she's happy to help she is happy to be there and she just kind of gathers the two goblins up with her and ushers them out the door they are not waiting till the end of school or anything like that. So they, along with their faculty advisor, these two goblins, they just go get out of the uh, the school and start walking towards the Exeter Academy. As they're walking, Jasmine uh, kind of turns to them and says that uh, she's like, "Listen, I I realize that we have these two um, items that we need to to get from this school, but there is one other thing." that they did not mention to you. Um, we do need to pick up the Golden Skull Award from their drama teacher's office. Um, I, I realize that it's a little out of the ordinary and that it is um, not not even attached to the athletics or that kind of school spirit or anything like that, but it is definitely something that we need to make this work. Um so if you can just remember that as well, and I will obviously make sure that I try to keep us on the right path. And they're walking along, and it's it's taken a little bit of time because it's the schools are not that close together. Um, they they cross from the wrong side of the track, so to speak, to the right side, and they're walking into a more populated area of 
you know, the, the humans and the elves and the, the less monstrous races. And with that, obviously, they're getting some looks. They're getting, uh, you know, people are pointing, maybe crossing the street so they don't have to walk on the same sidewalk as these, uh, these creatures. Just some really overtly um, nasty stuff going on. Um, and they just, they ignore it. They're used to it at this point, obviously. So they keep going and um, eventually they get to the school. It's, you know, it's without incident aside from just, you know, the the bad looks and the sneers and stuff like that. But they are, uh, they get to the school, open the front door, attempt to open the front door, and they realize that it is, it's locked. Um, Jasmine just kind of rolls her eyes and just mutters under her breath, you know, of course these rich kids have locks on all their doors. I can't believe it. Now what are we going to do? And then uh, Kalo just kind of reaches out and pushes the little button on the intercom, which uh, causes the the just a magnetic latch in the door to trigger so that they can open and enter. So they walk right in, um, and they see stretched out in front of them is a hallway that just kind of goes straight back. Um, there is a hallway to their right, which, you know, you, you, they assume has classrooms and things like that, but they also hear kind of music and fanfare and things like that coming from that end. So, um, they're not really sure what it is, whether it's uh, a music wing or something along those lines or something, uh, maybe their, the, their own pep rally for the Exeter Academy. They're not sure, obviously, without seeing it. And then to the left, they have the uh, the office. So, um, Brando, with that, why don't you uh, go ahead and give us a roll, and we'll see where we're going. Okay. I've got a four, and that is left. So, they, uh, they hang a left, and... Jasmine realizes that, you know, these they're a little out of place here, obviously, and they need to uh, try to do their best to fit in as much as possible. And the, the best way to do that is to do everything kind of above board, you know, check in where, uh, where they need to check in uh, at the office, get whatever visitor badge or whatever that they need so that they don't stick out like a sore thumb as much as they would otherwise. Um, and then just kind of go about their business there and uh, do whatever kind of infiltration that they need. So they hang the left, they go into the the main office, and uh, with that, Brando, you can take it right from there. So they head into the office, and they are immediately met by the, the school truancy officer, who is this big, burly, barbarian-type man, and he immediately asks them, well, what are you doing here? So they all freeze for a moment, and they can't really think of what to say. And after what seems like 15 minutes of silence and browbeating by the truancy officer, Jasmine finally pipes in and states, these students are part of a work program a new work program within our school district that we are going to be 
integrating with human races and elf races and working with and for them. So they needed an exposure to the people to see how how they are and how they act so that they didn't have any fear for any other races. So the truancy officer, being very well-trained but not very smart, takes this as gospel and gives them both, excuse me, gives all three of them um, visitor badges. So they get out of the office and all sigh with a huge bit of relief. And at that time they decide to go away from where they can hear this music because from what they can sort of make out, this is a pep rally uh, for this school for the upcoming game. And they figure everyone from the school is going to be in there, so they're kind of here at an opportune moment. So at that time they go and they sneak in the opposite direction and find their way to a deserted wing, which was the old wing of the school. After looking at the map of the school that's on a placard outside of the office, they've noted that the locker rooms are just off of this area. So they go through this area, and they find nothing all through this section. And after... Jonathan pokes his head out a window and sees that the locker rooms are actually outside across from in an in a, an adjacent building across from the actual school. They realize that they have to climb out the windows and and find their way into the locker room. So, in doing so, um you of course have Jonathan boosting both women out of the windows and they make their way up to the windows of the locker room. Uh, getting into the locker room, they find a what appears to be very drunk coach sleeping on the locker room bench. And now it's quiet time. So they sort of tiptoe around him, and they find the absolute widest locker possible, and they can tell that this is the locker for the mascot. Jasmine, having... A teenage past that uh, she didn't put on the application very easily breaks into this locker, and so they find the uh, they find the mascot head. Luckily, it's right there, and this was a pretty easy one for them. And they sort of try to sneak their way back out the way they came because they knew that that was the safest way. While in doing so, they accidentally hit the coach on the top of the head with the mascot head. And then they book it. They run for the window and they, they all jump out as just as the coach sort of stirs and rolls and smacks his face off the floor. Um, at that time, they are sort of all pushing themselves up against the wall underneath the window to avoid being seen. Um, and with that, I think Nick 
We'll have you roll for conflict. Okay, conflict roll on a d20. Let's see. <gasps> Guys, that was my second one tonight. I critically failed. One. That was a critical failure. Party member joins the enemy. Oh, a d4 to determine Whoa. who the party member is. I don't even get to choose. Okay. So one is Kayla, two is Jasmine, three is Jonathan, four is re-roll. Jasmine. <laughs> oh, All right. my goodness. I've got it. So there is rustling from in the locker room. Uh, a lot of mumbling and, and cursing and... Um, and uh, shuffling, and they clearly hear that the uh, the coach is is up and annoyed and making his way toward toward the window. Jasmine, being the expert actor that she is, takes um the cape off of Jonathan, who wears a cape. He's one of those weird kids who like has a briefcase and wears a cape and and he's just he's he always gets picked on. She she grabs the cape, wraps it around her head and wraps it around her face like a veil and she starts batting her eyes and just as the uh the coach comes over the window, she comes over the other way and starts cooing and making noises and starts flirting and says, oh, fancy seeing you here. And he's just so befuddled and confused that he he doesn't have the opportunity to stop and, and think and realize what's going on. She kind of comes at him full force. And in the meantime, while he's distracted, she kind of kicks out at the kids who run off around the corner. Um, they are now down one party member. Uh, they split the party and it's, it's not going to be good. So they scamper around the corner and they, they have the great big eel head of the, um, of the Eloise Exeter's eel mascot. Um, but they realize that in the locker room, they should have also gotten the team captain's jersey which is his speedo um so they 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 feel like they kind of lost an opportunity there but they also have one other item to get they have the uh, the golden skull award to get out of the drama teacher's uh office so they stop and they 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 kind of take a moment they collect themselves and they converse amongst themselves trying to figure out do we go back can we get in into their into the locker room another way? Because if they come back after the the drama teacher's office, there may be kids in there. They know right now there's only a drunk and distracted coach. So they they decide that they're going to scope out this locker room again. Um, and as they they scoot their way around the corner. They stop. Jonathan puts out a hand and stops Kayla from going any further because the uh, a group of kids have just come out of an exit. 
And as they come out, they they run down a hill. It looks like they're going to a soccer field or something. Jonathan books it for the door and catches it just before it closes. He grabs it and takes a look inside, looks back and motions over to Kayla to join him. So she runs in into this dark set of stairs that leads up. She conjures a kind of a bluish yellow light that allows them to see their way going up the stairs. They they go up a flight of about a dozen stairs and find themselves in a uh, at another door that says boys locker room. And Jonathan cannot believe his luck, but he prays to whatever God and thanks whatever God he worships, the God of Zoinks, Briar Socks, and he's just about to open the door when Kayla says, wait, and she pulls out of her cloak this little wooden box, and her, her nails gently scrape across the ceramic bottom. She opens it up, pulls out a worm about six inches long, about as wide as a pencil, and sticks it under the door. She waits. There's silence. There's tension. Jonathan's looking at her like she's insane. Her eyes glaze over, and she finally looks up at him and says, Okay, we're good to go. And she pulls back the worm, puts it in the box, puts it back in her cloak, does not acknowledge it at all. Like it's everyday, completely normal thing that she just did. She opens the door confidently, and immediately they hear very strange and uncomfortable, uncomfortable making noises coming from further down the locker room. What can be assumed is the uh, the the coach's uh, office. So they they make their way down to the set of lockers where the it's clear that the students have their lockers and they search they they look for any sign of what would be like the team captains and it's it just so happens that there are um little little mascotty uh cutouts of of construction paper on there that the cheerleaders clearly like decorated their lockers and of course, there's one that is an eel wrapped around a shark. And it says, Team Captain Jeff Bynes, I want to give you my virginity, written in lipstick. That's underneath the, the, um, the shark. Um, so they, they think they've hit jackpot, absolute jackpot. They are super psyched for this. At this point, everything really seems to be going their way that, they kind of they've kind of fallen into a level of comfort that they just go straight to that locker and Jonathan confidently reaches out and lifts up the latch to the locker Matt roll to see what happens when he opens that locker 16 oh Oh, cool. Okay. All right. So Jonathan reaches in. All 
right, folks, that's it. That is our cliffhanger for our storytelling portion of the cast. Uh, Come on back next week for the thrilling conclusion. Thank you again for listening. Please feel free to rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your casts. Tell your friends about us. Just one share. Just a single share. Just tell someone, hey, I think you might like this podcast. That's all we're asking for this week. Um, On behalf of the Brothers McGill, I am Nick. And come on back next week again to hear that conclusion to our story. Wrap up the month, wrap up the arc, and then we'll start over in a fortnight. Rigged is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.